says, get that India, big boy. Hello and welcome back to another instant edition or instant reaction edition of the tip sheet. I'm your host, John, also known as 4020. It is the last week of the regulation season and it's the Parramatta Reserve Graders taking on the Penrith Panthers. Joining me to break it all down is my good mate, 60s. How you doing, champ? Yeah, not too bad, mate. If you might think otherwise with a 40-6 to scoreline against the Eels, but uh, I'm quite comfortable tonight. Yeah, it's really funny because you look at that 40-6 to scoreline, box score says Eels got smoked, you know, it was completely one-sided, and certainly in the second half, Penrith ran away with it as we sort of expected, but geez, at halftime, 12-6 to Penrith, Parramatta had some shots they could have fired there too as well, and physically, they suck it to the Panthers, with Ray Stone in particular really leading the way. Mate, Ray Stone was enormous, and let me tell you the difference between Ray Stone and Viliami Kikau. Ray Stone is hitting the biggest blokes out there on the field with everything that he's got knocking them over. Front on. Front on. Viliami Kikau had a running battle with one of the smallest blokes out there on the field. He He's probably the ultimate flat-track bully because he makes sure that he targets some of the smaller blokes. And that running battle that he had with Will Smith was an absolute disgrace. He should have been in trouble for the, the whack across the chops on Smith. He should have he should have been in bigger trouble for... I mean, how brave was that? Smashing Will Smith to the ground in that when that kick was put through. It, look, I, I've got very little time for, for that bloke. I think he go. I think he's a player who takes the glory yards in a game. I don't think he's a bloke that does the tough yards. He might be spectacular. He might win some matches because of the lines that he runs out wide at the smaller players. But I really don't think much of him based on um, running and having running battles with the smallest bloke out there on the field. I think in that Penrith back row, which features as I Yo, Kurt Capel, and then on the bench Liam Martin, he's the weak link. So, I mean, that, that doesn't yeah. shock me at all whatsoever. He's he's there. He's good for a, a dynamic run every now and then, but the work rate's low. And like you said, there's a bit of niggle in his game which just doesn't serve to benefit him or his team much. How did how was the, the niggle that he put in on the Eels 5-8 in Wilbur, how is that any sort of benefit to their team? How does that make him look? Look, it's absolutely ridiculous. There was some good stats that... Goal had in his preview today comparing the performance of Kikau over the season against um, uh, Papa. And it was like a, a massive points victory to yeah. Isaiah Papali'i. Massive points uh, victory to him. So um, anyway, I, I don't want to talk <laughs> any more about that particular Penrith player because I, I think it was... I, I actually think his, his performance was... Um, look, it, it, it's not it's not worth talking any more about. I've I probably wasted too much time putting any attention on him anyway. Fair enough. Well, let's take a quick run by the numbers this week in that forty to six loss. 
uh, as expected. Penrith slightly ahead in possession, 52%. The Parramatta's 48. Time possession equally favouring the men from the foot of the mountains, 28 minutes and 13 seconds to Parramatta's 26 and 3. Uh, completion rates of both teams pretty solid, uh, given that there was a little bit of inclement weather at times during the game. Uh, Penrith, 85%, very good, and Eels, 76%, not bad at all. Uh, the Panthers were ahead in all key attacking stats, particularly line breaks and tackle breaks, 8-1 to one and 56-21, to 21 respectively, which is to be expected given, uh, as we mentioned earlier, the golfing experience and talent, uh, respective to the sort of premiership-level threat that Penrith are and the reserve-grade team that the Eels rolled out. So we're not upset there. Uh, the average play the ball speed ahead for Penrith as well, 3.32 seconds to 3.65 for Parramatta. Uh, Eels did have more offloads though, 9 to 6, not that you know made a huge difference. Uh, Eels were very tidy if they kicked defusals, uh, defusing 83% of the kicks going their way, including a really nice uh, 40-20 save by Blake Ferguson at one point. And then defensively, Penrith ahead of Parramatta by about 5 percentage points, 89.9% for Penrith, 84.4 for Parramatta. And then probably the most interesting one is the uh, after that is the negative plays. Uh, Penrith having two ruck infringements go their way and Parramatta just one very late in the piece. Uh, the refs really letting the ruck, uh, I wouldn't say devolve, but a lot go on into it. Uh, with uh, Can I just say something too about about that um, that particular set restart? They gave the set restart after the zero tackle because it was a zero tackle when Jake Arthur got possession and he straight away called six again. And I thought that it was a mistake that they were just calling the six again as part of the um, the zero tackle for the uh, knock-on by Penrith's. But no. So I don't even know yeah. that we ended up getting any extra tackle out of that set so restart. One, one six again call, but zero benefits. Started it. <laughs> I don't think he restarted it from the zero. So no, which... uh, the very next, the very next tackle was uh, the tackle one, as far as I can recall. But so... anyway, yeah, that's that was the only restart that came their <laughs> way. And uh, I will also say that I thought that the the call on uh, the the stripping where Klein uh, upheld the captain's challenge yeah, was very dubious. That was a bit dodgy too. Yeah, yeah. At, at worst, I felt like that was inconclusive. Penrith retained their challenge, but lose the actual challenge itself. Uh, well, I thought that was I thought that was a definite. I, I I agree. I thought that that had to be the only possible call because yeah. there was one angle where there where there was some hand movement. And there was no clear no clear the other motion. Angle, yeah. There was another angle. There was another angle from which was more front on, which seemed to indicate that it was just a lost ball. Yeah, but we do digress. Uh, in terms of individual performances, sixties. If we go by the numbers once again. Uh, bearing in mind that the Eels end up finishing this game with Keegan Hipgrave uh, barely playing due to a concussion sustained on a try-saving attempt on Tevita Pango Jr., which he probably makes the try-save if he doesn't get knocked out um, hitting his head in the ground, and then followed up by Oregon Kafusi also departing the game to a failed HIA. So coming into the game, the Eels only had uh, two forwards on the bench because they had both uh, Samuel Luizu and uh, Sean Russell from the interchange, which meant they were short-handed already. But they uh, took on Penrith with essentially two interchange players for their rotations. So that's a particularly brutal handicap to have. And I think they really did themselves uh, no disservice for their efforts on the field. Yeah. And you mentioned before about Ray Stone. I, I just thought his effort tonight was just phenomenal. Oh. Just the I mean, some of those hits that he made were... We've been um, unabashed fans of Raymond Stone for a long time. And literally the only knock on him has been his fitness. He just finds a way to get nicked up here and there, and it's never the same thing 
it's you know it's a knee here or a shoulder there or a broken hand. If he can stay healthy, he will seriously challenge for a spot on the bench for the Eels. He is a all effort, all technique defensively. He's just such a clean hitter. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's let's just have a bit of a chat about some of the um, the the positives to come out of tonight's game because uh, we don't want to dive too deep into a, a match where you had a full strength Penrith side against what a number of weeks ago was was literally the the Parramatta team that was running around in the New South Wales Cup. A number of so, weeks is, uh, is probably underselling it too. It's been a few months now. Yeah. So these, these guys yeah. are ice cold coming into this game, barring the handful of first graders that were backing up like Virgo and Dunster and, and Bryce Cartwright. But yeah, I, I thought just across the park, there were a lot of terrific efforts. Will Smith, his uh, maiden captaincy for the club, did not embarrass himself. Some real scheming plays in the first half from 5-8 and some fiery defense too. Yeah, and I thought his halves partner in Jake Arthur had a very, very solid game. Some of the uh, clutch tackles that he was making were just uh, quite phenomenal. The Some of the rampaging Penrith players that he was bringing down around the ankles, it was just... Yeah, Penrith uh, sent a lot of traffic his way. He ended up making 20 tackles, two missed, one ineffective. Uh, but there were a number of, like you said, clutch tackles, and unfortunately one of them... Uh, preceded what would be an Appiusite Coruscant try where he made a great tackle near his goal line, but the rest of the Eels' defense couldn't get back in time. That looked like the sort of defense that you've seen on occasion in New South Wales Cup where there's just no communication there yeah, in the defensive yeah. line. And that was basically Sean, everyone was sort of going back and thinking about their position without really yeah. thinking about the team position. We just made a sub at fullback too, Sean Russell coming in. I'm um, having to deal with a couple of attacking raids with uh, down the down our right side as well. Uh, we saw Penrith throw plenty of traffic that way, and so he was probably a little bit uh, frazzled. But yeah, uh, Jake also laying on the Eels only try for perfect kick for Tom Opachik. And I, I thought in general, uh, Jake looked a lot more positive taking on the line this week. There was a less, uh, in, in that sort of run where the Eels were struggling and he was at halfback, there was a lot of sort of shoveling the ball side to side, and I think he was more direct, which helped. So I did like that from Jake. And then uh, going elsewhere, uh, I really like the starting front rollers. Uh, I think Oregon had a great game. Uh, there was the one error, but I think the replay suggested that Appius Icorosau might have had a hand on the ball there. Uh, but aside from that, prior, I mean, he played, was it? Uh, let me just check his minutes there. He played 48 minutes, cranked out nearly 150 metres from 16 carries, and got through 26 tackles. But he did miss four, so the effective tackle rate was okay but not great. But he got through a mountain of work, showed some great footwork, really troubled the uh, star-started Penrith pack at times uh, with his ability to beat the initial man. Yeah, and and it's now it's impossible to ignore uh, Big Macca mm-hmm. with another uh, stats, another batch of stats there that uh, leap out 173 running metres, 48 tackles. That's that's just yeah. off the charts. Six, Sixty-two his, minutes. 62. Asked to play. When he does this in cup as well, so he's. It's not like he's not used to playing big minutes, but the speed of the NRL obviously means that you're taking up at least a couple of years. Uh, the the injuries to or HIAs to Kafusi and Hipgrave really putting the you know the pressure on Maka to step up, and boy did he. Uh, you know he he went sort of hammer and tongs with Fisher Harris and and. Uh, Moses Leoto, sorry, is the one I was trying to think of. Had some great running battles there. There was a big hit at one point. 
uh, that he, in the first half that he absolutely cleaned someone up uh, chasing from dummy half. That was fantastic to see. And yeah, I mean, as far as we know, still remains unsigned. That should have been done, you know, if metaphorically yesterday, right? If not weeks ago. He, he is an absolute asset to this team, even though he's, you know, not young. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's one that uh, needs to be locked up um, and... And you'd also say that uh, Kai Rodwell didn't do his <laughs> That's contract chance one of our, any harm. One of our boys, but, right? We've been uh, singing his praises in the cup for a, a long time this year and, you know, got his name called, his number called this week and did not shirk from the opportunity. Uh, looked a natural in first grade, if anything. Except, yeah, except, yeah. For one, except for one errant pass very late in the game that uh, saw Jerome Luai nearly scoop and score. But uh, aside from that, I mean, I loved what he brought physically. Uh, ran the ball hard, hit hard, worked really great in tandem with Ray Stone. There, there was a great little bit of synergy there defensively between those two. And yeah, I don't think he's done himself any harm of, at the very worst, getting a development contract, but if not, a back-end top 30 spot. Yeah, and I, I wanted to um, also give a bit of a shout-out to the uh, two young blokes coming off the bench in Sean Russell and uh, Samuel Oizu, who... Um, I really thought that uh, although their minutes weren't uh, weren't big, physically, I, I was quite impressed with yeah. the way they were prepared to take that contact. Yeah, lawyers are getting in uh, in behind the ruck with some of those early hit ups and did not get smashed. If anything, you know, nine it was three runs, twenty seven meters into the teeth of the Penrith ruck defense, which is very respectable by any metric on a per run basis. Uh, and Sean Russell, five runs, forty nine meters, and I think the big thing for Sean was. A, he came on at a really bad time because it was when Penrith was starting to cut loose a little bit and uh, in particular really bullied Michael Oldfield down a right edge and uh, and Sean Russell found himself in some pretty unideal situations defensively as a fullback. But I thought he moved really nicely in space. That There was that one play which was ultimately taken away because it, it became a paramount penalty for the cheap shot on Will Smith by uh, Kikau, but he had that really nice defusal, beat the first man and, and got about eight metres off the kick chase, uh, in, from, from the kick chase. Uh, so there were some really nice little flashes there for Sean, who was such a smooth mover in open space. So, like you said, a shout out to both those young men, and they'll certainly be on the up from here moving forwards. Yeah, and and also I think after uh, that shaky ball along the ground that he fumbled, Hayes Perham had a, a decent yeah. hit out for him. Pen, once again, uh, Dave Pen, Penner threw plenty at him. Uh, there was a number of attacking kicks where he he really managed to weigh up the situation perfectly, defuse some other really nice attacking kicks, had some nice runs, came back on as a middle forward, I believe, because uh, of that down on troops. So he, he sucked it up and, and worked through the, the guts there. But yeah, like you said, had that just errant clean-up work at the back early on, and besides, and that was really nice. So well done to Hayes Perham. I thought both our starting wing was a fine. Hayes Dunster got through plenty of tough work, 15 runs, 123 metres. And I suppose the most significant aspect of that was Penrith and Noted have been able to pick up and drive back a lot of the ruck workers for the opposition teams, and Hayes was very strong in avoiding that tonight. He managed to either sort of just hold his ground neutrally or, or minimise potential lost yardage. Yeah, they they do have that technique, don't they? Of Somehow they get under the legs yes. of the ball carrier, and when that defender gets under the legs, the others um, pick up at the front and they just keep driving them backwards, and there's nothing that the ball runner can do because they're actually off the ground. Now, I, I could be wrong, but I was sure that there was a rule that was brought in that yeah, once, once your legs... Yeah, once both fit off the ground, it's immediately meant to be called held. 
but uh, refs have shown a little bit of leniency. And the thing is, if you want to show a little bit of leniency and there's momentum in that tackle quickly because there's three or four men, you can lose four or five metres in the blink of an eye before the tackle is quickly completed. So, yes, the rule as, as, as written means that you should not be able to pick up and gain an advantage, so pick up the legs and then gain an advantage. But uh, savvy teams like Penrith have uh, found a way to uh, sort of smudge the lines there, which is yeah, to, to, their, to their credit and to the referee's chagrin. So. Yeah, I think it's something that I'd like the the uh, the refs to be looking at. They should be more vigilant. Yeah. Series. Yes. So, and I, I mean, they should have been looking at it all season. But um, anyway, look, I, I honestly don't know that there's really too much more that we can say about this match. Yeah, I mean, there's a. If you wanted to be critical, you can pick. You know, pick apart a few other performances. I thought Michael Oldfield struggled defensively once again. Uh, Bryce Cartwright had a couple of errors or sort of ill, ill-opportune offloads, but I thought that his core work was actually quite good. 16 runs, 151 metres, some strong defence at times. So I think, if anything, he was guilty of trying too hard once the score started to inflate a little bit. Yeah, and I think we even saw defensive errors where you saw him charging in like Nathan Brown trying to go for yeah. the big hit, and I think he ended up with being credited with something like seven missed tackles, and it seemed to be that that it was it was those sorts of charges to make the tackle. And again, just like in attack, the defensive misses seem to be coming from overplay in his hand, just correct going going too hard, and that's probably not what we have seen. And, and albeit his stints on the field have been shorter, and this was the first full match that we'd seen from him. And I, I don't know that he that he um, acquitted himself as he would have liked from an error point of view. But as you said, that core work was still there. And what we want from him in the final series is that core work to stay strong and to be more circumspect with what he does in in terms of distributing the ball. But, um, yeah, look, really good first half. We have to say that was just... That that uh, first half was on on par with what we did against Melbourne. That was hugely impressive. Yeah, and really that second half came down to... um, Look, it, it seems that... They they just didn't quite get the the bounce of the ball. No. It seemed like the errors were were there in the game. That sliding it was... sliding door moment on that Dylan Edwards challenge too. That was very early in the second half. Eels yeah, get possession yeah. in the red zone. They barely got into the Penrith Penrith half on the back of that because of the flood of possession that went Penrith's way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we we knew that they were going to get run down in the second half, if only because of the two concussions. Like there was just no t- uh, petrol in the tank on the bench for Parramatta. But to their credit, they didn't roll over, and, and Penrith certainly ended up scoring some tries. But right until the final whistle, they were still battling, which is what you want to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, as I said, I don't know that there's too much more that we can take out of this game. It's now looking well, ahead. Crucially, crucially, Joey Lossick through unscathed, we believe. Uh, there might be some concern for Keegan Hipgrave for a concussion because he took a pretty heavy hit in the ground there. Credit to Vita Pango Jr. there as well. Actually, he got up after scoring that try and immediately checked on Keegs. Uh, aside from that, I'm not sure what the judiciary has to say about the game there. There was a few guys put on uh, report after play had sort of moved on and it was a break. So we, we have to wait and see what there what it says for that. But uh, if you had to pick your best three on the field today, mate, who you got for the 3 one Okay, well, I'd say uh, Ray Stone from a three. Easy, yeah. That, I think that's going to be consensus, yep. 
Yeah. Um, I'm probably looking at um, uh, Will Smith for my two. And for the three, uh, that's that's probably where it, that's probably where it gets um, yeah a little bit more difficult. Um, I'm probably I'm probably leaning towards uh, Macca um, with um, a bit of a, a bit of a shout out to I, I thought uh, young Jake was very close to getting a point. So um, I'm definitely going with Stoney for the three. And mind you, I'm not ignoring Oregon either, but um, just that the head knock maybe yeah, stopped. Yeah, head knock maybe, maybe robs him of a 200-metre-plus game, to be honest. He was on fire. So Yeah, yeah. So he, he was probably heading towards the points. But, yeah, I'm going to go for the uh, the, the three to um, Ray Stone, the two to Will Smith, the one to Makahesi with an honourable mention to Jake. Yeah, I'm going to echo your thoughts on the three, two, one. Uh, I thought Ray Stone was just incredible out there tonight. Uh, it it was just a, a complete validation of everything we've seen from him for the last few years. Such a pristine hitter in defense. He makes incredible. There there are guys that can just throw their bodies around and and smash him and smash opposition every now and then. And there are guys that just have a feel for the game defensively and just know the timings and know like the the contact zones and and where to hit and where to be. And Ray Stone is the latter. He just he makes sensational contact so consistently uh, because of his feel and the nuance for that side of the game. And it's such a rare gift. So that was on full display tonight because he was knocking around some of the best forwards in the competition. Fisher Harris. 55, 55 tackles. Yeah. And 55 uh, you, tackles. You, you, there wouldn't be a soft one in any of them as well. He, he, no. knocked, he knocked Fisher Harris around in big time. And, you know, JFH, one of the best props in the game, if not the, the, best, uh, the best, sorry, in 2021. And yeah, Stoney had his number, so full credit to him there. And yeah, the two and one, I agree. I thought Will Smith was outstanding in the first half. Uh, that period, which unfortunately he he um, had the error of that, saw us uh, turn it over. But there, there was a period where he just had the ball on a string uh, with three or four straight possessions on the red zone against Penrith. I thought his vision was outstanding. He he was involved in everything offensively and defensively, full effort. Uh, you know, just left nothing on the field, got busted up. I think he got poked in the eye, had his chunk of his lip taken out, had Kikau trying to take him out off the ball, and he just stood tall. And then, yeah, for the one point, you could have gone either way on Oregon or Makahesi, but I think Makatoa is the correct bid there because the extra minutes and, and just you know the role he found himself thrust into because of a lack of bench forwards, and he stood tall. So like those 3-2-1 calls, and... That puts the ribbon on the regulation season for the Parramatta Eels. They will finish the 2021 regulation season in sixth spot. Uh, they could have gone up technically two-fourth of a win over the uh, unlikely win over Penrith because of the result. Uh, sorry, the Roosters winning against Canberra meant that they had to win to go into fourth, which then was be pending the Seagulls not stumbling against the Cowboys. So I think Brad Arthur validated completely in his decision to rest players, mate. Uh, the Raiders choking pretty big against the Roosters, meaning that it was almost a moot point regardless. But there's no way, or almost no way, the the rugby league Quinella of Parramatta winning and then the Cowboys winning seems pretty unlikely. Yeah, yeah. it's um, it, This was what we were always likely to see. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, that, that run of losses and particularly the... Uh, Raiders loss uh, followed, uh, and 
and then of course we had uh the match before that with the um the the missed kick against Penrith after the mm-hmm. full time siren. Uh, you, you the the crazy the of, crazy thing is though, you need each and every one of those results to even sniff Melbourne Storm at the minor premiership. That's how crazy this year is. Is that we finished the season on thirty two points. So you take that four game losing streak and you also consider this would have been a live game as well. So that's five games that takes you to 42. You'd need to beat Penrith post-Origin 3, and then you're still going to be losing to the Storm on four and against because you'd be on 44 points. But even if the stronger four and against we would have had, it would not have been anywhere near Melbourne's 500. So yeah. what a crazy year. But yeah, it, it puts the wrap on the regulation season. We'll be hosting, and I use that term loosely, given it's going to be in Queensland. And I'm not sure if we actually get to host it at Seabus Super Stadium or if they're just going to move the finals to a fixed uh, location. But we'll be hosting as the home team, the Newcastle Knights next week in a sudden death final. And yeah, as we said in our preview podcast, Brad Arthur has uh, officially announced, I believe, that Quentin Gufferson and Reagan Campbell-Guard will be back for this game. So the Eels will be at full strength or close enough, given that the other injured players are out for the rest of the season. And it's going to be very, very exciting, mate. Yeah, yeah. And uh, of course... Stick with us as we preview the match through the week. And, of course, all the Eels uh, news and discussions will feature on TCT through the week. Yep, and we'll sign off on that note. I hope you guys enjoyed this game as much as we did, a chance to see or showcase some of the fringe guys and young talent coming through the club. And as we talked about in this podcast, I don't think any of the players that we were really looking at coming into this game let themselves down. We already know that Mackessie Makatol is you know right there for the NRL consideration, but... Guys like Jake Arthur having a chance back in first grade doing really well. Ray Stone, you know, really showing his worth in an 80-minute performance. And on the bench, Kai Rodwell, Sean Russell, and Samuel Loizu all having those little flashes to show you that there's some bright, you know, sparks of the future in 2022. Absolutely. And so you can uh, catch us on TCT as usual. I'm sure Mitchell have his grades up for this one. There might be a bit more post-game content this week as well. If not, stay tuned next week for all of our finals coverage. As always, thanks for stopping by and having a listen. Stay well, stay safe, and we'll see you guys on the other side. Go you eels.